Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to a special episode of Dragon's Cast, recorded from the DAC prior to the Delaware game. We talk about the founding of the DAC pack, our favorite Drexel game memory, and in between have some very special guests, Joe and Nick from the current DAC pack administration. They give us their vision and plan on continuing the tradition. What initially was there before even the DAC pack actually became a thing, right? So I remember going to the Drexel games uh, freshman, sophomore year, and it wasn't until probably mid-sophomore year, or was it early, like early sophomore year that the DAC pack got started. And uh, there was a group of us, uh, uh, one of, I guess, Mike Wachulis, I remember. Mike Wachulis, Roland Wartzell. Yep. Um, us. Yeah. Paul. Um, Paul, yeah. Preston. Um, Preston should be joining us about in uh, 20 or 30 minutes, so. <laughs> you know, it really started, um, I remember. Is it Marissa? Or was she not in the original game? I don't, know. I don't know. She would come to the games. I don't know if she Brian was in Conover, the original. Brian Conover wasn't he there? Brian Crownover wasn't there. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah Brian Crownover. It started a bunch of guys just going to games, and uh, we'd see the same people. There'd be and like it was fifteen of us in the stands. That was like, yeah, like no that many people. At the so game. you're telling me it looks like makes the current deck back look like crowded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see how they we'll yeah. see how they do today. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't any real organization, and we just started yeah. talking. Um, there's also a message board at the time called caazone.com. And I think a lot of us, a couple of us posted on there and we realized that's the guy that posts on here. Oh, hey, what's going on? Now, I um, remember the first time I went to a game and it was literally just Bill being like, hey, let's go to a game. Uh, I was trying to remember if there was anything prior to that. that like, what, what, what made us, I can't, you, clearly it was you guys, so what made us actually start? What's up, Joe? How's it going? going? No, yeah. Sit down, man. Come on, yeah, sit man. down, yeah. Oh, nice. The chicken we bust out the blue chicken suit here? Oh, man. <laughs> Perfect. Is that nice. the same one from... Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Awesome. Did it used to have a header, though? It did. Because I was looking around, and I'm not sure. I saw me someone throw it. I can ask Jamal Ed's if missing. he has it. <laughs> well. <laughs> got the chicken suit and the morph suit in the closet. So. Yeah. You get that going. Nice. So we're just talking about when the DAC pack got started. Okay. Um, and really was just a collection of guys that we would see at the games a lot um, and, and we just started talking and Sean actually was pretty instrumental and like hey you guys should start a club or an organization and we get funding and everything and now back in the day we were just like trash talking <laughs> so it was cool because there wasn't a lot of people that would go to the games and you could hear everything you know you want the guys at the free throw line or whatever and you could just literally hear everything and we would just trash talk the other team, their coaches, the refs, and it was really cool because like they would react. And we were like, oh, "This is kind of fun." Yeah. There um, were still players that didn't react that would drop forty on us, like Brett Blizzard and oh, stuff. Yeah. But uh, most of the time, it was it was it was very informal group of people that would just come together to watch basketball games. And yeah, I honestly one remember point. I used to uh, I've been watching Drexel for sixteen years. I used to go all the games with my dad. Oh really? I remember, cool. Yeah. I remember like my first moment with the with the DAC pack was. Uh, when Rob Falcone came up to me and he was like, hey, here's a shirt. And every year he'd make sure to like give me a shirt and we'd always make that connection. And then one time he was like, hey, you're going to run this one day. I'm like, you're kidding, you know. <laughs> There's somebody saying I should go here one day and another person saying you're going to run it. I'm like, that's always been a really cool connection. I've seen it go from like that small group of people and then yeah. it grew. And I remember the band would always play 
that one song for you. Oh, Apache. And they, yeah, there we go. <laughs> and, like everyone would go, and it was just a great environment. It's yeah. great to still be a part of it. Yeah. So I mean, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to with Joe. I mean, it's tough. The past couple of years, I felt like we haven't had a succession line that we've been like building people up. So it'll it'll start to build up and then drop off, and then every year it's a struggle to start it off at the beginning. Uh, with having Joe here for the next next two or three years, hopefully we can start something this year and pass it off and keep it coming in with stride next year. Because I'd really like to see the deck back go back to its former glory. I mean, we usually have a solid opening game. It was fantastic yeah, this the year. First game, you, you know, guys did a great people. Job. Everybody stood the whole game. It was awesome. And then you know, as as the season goes on, it seems like uh, either who knows what the reason is, but yeah. student section drops off just a little bit. Uh, we're hoping that. This is a big rivalry game, first game back from break. Uh, we advertise a little more with this Blue Owl event, so hopefully we've got a pretty good crowd today. I, buzz on campus seems like it's going to be that way. Yes. So uh, if we could put a licking on the old blue chickens here, that'd be, that'd be a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, winning is going to help you guys too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we've got a couple of rough years, and that usually will uh, doesn't help the, the turnout as well. I Especially think, when you guys had the 20 win seasons and yeah. all those lovely times where we were this close to going to that big dance. And yeah. We had some fun in IT runs, but those definitely helped. And we feel the buzz with Coach Spiker. Spiker, talking to him, he has been so instrumental this year without really doing much directly with us. Yeah. But he's so big on trying to get the students, and he really wants to be student-facing. He wants to open up a practice and like open it to students to participate with the team and all that kind of stuff. And he really wants to make those connections. I remember last game, the UNC Wilmington game, I was sitting there in the stands, he just came up to me, and we had like a five minute conversation. I ru I've run into him like three times today, yeah. and he already knows me by face, so it's like, he really wants to make that connection and bridge the gap, and he's got some really cool traditions he's, been, traditions he's bringing in. He's trying to have a student break the huddle before every game, he's getting the student section introduced after the starting lineups, oh, and after nice. every win, the team's going to come over to the student section, like at that Hartford game. Yeah. So I mean, he's really making sure the connections are made, and I feel like with Rodney being our captain this year, we worked with him earlier in the year. He's really big with, again, student-facing, making the connections, and making it a big campus sport. And I've, I follow him on social media, and he's really big at advocating for the team and everybody. So, I mean, I think with these instrumental, you know, the hype of Spiker, the hype of the players, and a student section that's really looking at organizing themselves, yeah. rebuilding, and moving forward, that I think we're going to find a lot of success and build the numbers again. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head too with like the thing that always worked, at least from the time that I joined. Because yeah, I first saw the deck pack when I was a senior in uh, in college. They were playing on ESPN at the Garden against Duke. Uh, I guess that was your guys' senior yeah. year, Leon and Nick and Bill. And uh, but to your point, Joe, there was always like that succession plan. So there was always like uh, constant flow of, alright, like after these people graduate, these are the next people to take up the mantra of what and know what is kind of required to, when we have these less than stellar seasons, yeah. like how to still get students <laughs> out and things like that. Do you guys like have that. like a vote now? So our action plan going forward now is since it has been a tad bit disorganized, it unfortunately went down to one person running everything last year, mm -hmm. and you know she did a phenomenal job for what she had resource-wise, and she picked up Nick and Gary and me and at the end of the year she said hey look we're, put, we're putting this back together yeah. you know there was one meeting at the end of the year last year and it was like alright we gotta put this back together again and I feel like we've met at the beginning of the year and we've met all through the year and our action plan moving forward is, is that uh, you know with the help of those seniors which is just amazing that we're trying to build a board together that's gonna stick for three years mm -hmm. so my group moving forward we're all currently sophomores we're opening up a marketing oh, that's good. yeah we're opening up a marketing division 
because we feel like if we were able to create the buzz even more on our own accord rather than those you know wire signs around campus get the students coming it's it's working mm -hmm. we've we started opening up we got photographers now with media passes and it's really starting to grow again at least internally mm -hmm. and as, if it grows there first and if we get it to stick for three years our intended plan is we've got sponsors coming in now we've got the action plan we have the same board that'll stick for three years and we'll make little committees that have responsibilities mm -hmm. so we immediately have 20 people mm -hmm. on the quote executive committee and those 20 people the basic responsibility is come to the game mm -hmm. you, know, you have class I understand it you have co-op I understand it but it's everybody will come to the game and immediately you have 20 people when you have 20 people and you can go up to somebody and be a, give them a shirt and say hey you don't have to do anything you wear the shirt you come to the games you're a part of something you make kids feel like they belong and that's a really powerful thing in this day and age with everybody wanting to be a part of something yeah. so we're expanding everything and making a solid action plan to go forward so we feel like with what we're doing now and the expertise that the seniors are teaching us and the big ideas that we have moving forward <laughs> we're trying to make alumni connections and really just bridge that gap too because there was that drop off as you guys said where it was everything and then it went to you know it went to a couple of people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's cool that it went back to a couple of people because then we have to rebuild it and it comes back to the university. We're going to have that school pride because we're building it again. Mm -hmm. But if we bridge the gap with the alumni connections like you guys and Rob Falcone and all that kind of stuff, you know, you really start creating an atmosphere. It shows that people keep coming back. Yeah, what's cool is what we didn't have, I didn't feel like, now there's like a solid young alumni crew. Yeah. Like there's Rob, there's Anthony, there's us here. You guys there's, here. We all know each other, yeah. and like you guys are gonna be part of that when you graduate, and it's kind of cool. Like, you know, every once in a while, Drex will play in New York or whatever, and people will drive up, and um, you know, we'll go to the tournament and see everybody. And it's like a like a fraternity almost that you kind of graduate to. Yeah. Um, I remember the days where there'd be that huge trip down to the Delaware game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you pack a bus, we all go to that restaurant, and then we all sit in the section and we go to the Delaware game. That'd be great to bring. Yeah. You know, we feel now that we're getting enough student vibe, and we're really excited because we are planning the trip to Charleston. Awesome. Yeah. For our for our assets. Are you guys gonna take a bus or? Yeah, so we're looking at taking a bus down. Get we a party bus or something. Like pretty much. <laughs> that's the idea. You know, you get a bus. We're just trying to figure out whether we're leaving. You know, Friday at, during the day or whatever, because we got to make sure we accommodate enough students mm -hmm. to get the maximum amount of people. But we are making all efforts that we can to show up at Charleston because the key thing that came out last year, we brought what, like 12 people maybe, 20 people? Uh, 20, 25 people. 20, 25 people. And we got comments from the CAA announcers that we are, you know, we're the loudest student section they had, most outspoken. So, you know, the tradition. I think, uh, yeah, that is a tradition. Of the, That's a uh, tradition. Yeah. 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 Early, in the early days, we were very low numbers. Even when we went to the you championship game. You guys would be behind game. the bench, and the, the opposing coaches would love it. Mm -hmm. we, were, we were in the championship game against Wilmington in 03, I think. And, and they had like what, five 10? times as many people. 12. 12. <laughs> that was an amazing they had, um In 2012, that was the biggest year. Yeah. Like, when Anthony was the president, like that was the most massive backpack I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Like in 03, we had like we were in the championship game. We were gonna go to the tournament. We won. Yeah. We barely had any people there because that was pretty Dude, much we were what, just the like second year of the backpack. Like that wasn't like yeah. All of our that. voices were gone at the end of that tournament because we were screaming so and loud you, for three days. And UNC Wilmington had a huge fan base. Like oh, they still do. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah they, they do. They brought from North Carolina, and I remember it was like a snowy day that game. And they easily brought 20 people. So, yeah, I mean, that's incredible. You can't get it wrong. They have a phenomenal team this year. They're oh, doing yeah. wonders for the CAA. They're putting us back on the map. And Northeastern's huge wins. Mm -hmm. You know, 
after VCU and George Mason moved out, sure the conference took a hit, but we're, you know, not only is each school individually building up their fan bases, but I feel like those breakout teams like UNC Wilmington this year, they're what, 14 and 2? Something like that. 11 yeah. and 2, you know, they, they had the wins to back it. And you've got Northeastern with some stellar wins on their resume with Michigan State and Connecticut when they were still big, mm-hmm. you know. There's so much happening this year that not only is there a vibe that we're trying to get campus, but even if people don't follow CAA, there's still that vibe around all the mid-majors in our conference. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to 2012, that was one of the heyday years of the CAA, and for us it was amazing. You know, yeah. I remember I went down to the tournament with my dad, and I remember just looking, I was like... Oh, so you went? You were in high school and you went down? I was, ever since like middle school, we'd make it a trip because we have family in Virginia. Me and my dad, we'd pick up my grandma and my godfather because my godfather went to VCU, so he'd get to see them at the tournament, and then we just shame him for a game, you know. <laughs> yeah. So we go down every year, and I remember that year we stayed for the Monday game, and it was, it was unreal. Honestly. Oh yeah. And we had thing, over a thousand people, not yeah, Dakpak specifically, but Drexel game, in general had over a thousand that, fans. That and game people was watching on TV. were saying we were louder than the eight or nine thousand VCU fans there. Yeah, and I mean. I remember that year, that guy getting pants really did it. You know, that was the highlight of the game. Who cares if we lost at the end, but I feel like a lot of productive stuff was there. I remember that one, the, they were holding up VCU, but they were out of order, and it was UBC. UCB. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, the UCB Rasm. Yeah, the UCB Rasm, and the guy that comes to the games who's obviously not a student. Oh, Pav. Yeah, the guy, with the, the guy with the ram horns and with yep, the whiteboard. Yep. Yeah. You guys did a great job that year bringing the whiteboard back for Great. Oh, That's man. the other thing. We're trying to bring rollouts back too. Yeah. Oh, the roll. Yeah. The rollouts were clutch. Yeah. We got to get back on that. I think the biggest thing is is the change in attitude that we're looking for here. I mean, that's something that I've noticed in the past year, two, three on campus. I mean, I'm a senior now, and I feel like the attitude towards our just towards our, our university as a cohesive unit in general has, has been going in the wrong direction. That's something we we got together. And we wanted to turn around. I think Coach Spiker's instrumental in that. He's he's wanted to, to reach out to students, and he's his attitude is definitely going to help. I mean, Rodney, of course, is a, is a great asset. He's definitely someone who advocates for the student body getting involved. Um, During the games. And we, yeah, we started reaching out to, to CAB and other organizations on campus because that's the number one thing that, that I wanted to change. Coming into this university, I, I look at, of course, I mean, anyone from Pennsylvania has got, they've got friends at Penn State, right? And you go to Penn State for a weekend, you go to Penn State for a football game, there's no chance you're not going out and tailgating and having a good time. And then you come back uh, come back to Drexel, and yeah, we, I mean, we've got our, our core group of people that have a great day, a uh, great time on game day, but we want that to be something that, that the whole university feels. Like every every time a game rolls around, especially on a Saturday like today, Saturday 4 p.m., great game time. You got all the time beforehand to do whatever you'd like to do. Uh, show up at the game. There's no excuse. Uh, so that's something that, that we're really trying to change uh, between it between it being a yeah, there's a, something going on today to oh my gosh, it's game day. Like you guys ready? Like let's let's hit up the and basketball game. I think, I think game. Nick was really instrumental this year. Um, he brought back. I think I remember Rob mentioning that there were like this group of guys who were really big with the referees and we got them like the pinstripe shirts. Mm-hmm. Nick came up with a great idea. He's currently an RA at one of the freshman dorms and they partnered up with Van R. So him and a couple other the RAs um, created a solely freshman like subsection almost mm-hmm. who's part of the DAC pack. And I remember when we brought them to the first game, they were the people with, like that giant lizard and stuff. Oh, yeah. They were there an hour early hyped and everything. And I think, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. bringing it to the freshmen, Nick did a great job totally. this year. That's cool. You bring it straight to the freshmen. Like and I, I got to admit, I had people from Myers Hall hit me up. And I had people from all the other, like, what about us? And we're like, hey, yeah. you know, we had the connection this year. If you guys want to come out, we're looking for people. Totally. Feel free to join us. We want to give people responsibility. We want to give you 
an ability to do something because you know you guys came here during your freshman year the first thing you hear from all your teachers is get involved get an exec board spot put yourself ahead of your competitors for a co-op you know sure you're like yeah I'm part of the student section but if you can sit there and say I've got somebody who I brought in this year he can already say he designed three shirts did three advertising campaigns for us that's a resume that's a good point so I mean we're also advertising to the students that want to you know get ahead yeah. not only can you have a good time you can build up you yourself like a mini get a community yeah. yeah get a community and then you know because it's, it's a big thing we got a considerable size budget this year and it was we're really happy about that we have a lot of liberty to do these events and one of our bigger ideas is during weekend games if we can't start it this year we start it next year during weekend games we partner with cab because we get a really good turnout when we partner with cab yeah and we do like an event outside or in the lobby an hour before mm-hmm. get some pizza and something just make it a good time like we did totally. today mm-hmm. and we go we'll call it like game day something and it'll get a solid name yeah. but we're literally just working to build that vibe back up because i remember when i used to come in here with the season ticket and it was the pet band was outside you guys would like a wave of yellow would magically show up and nobody could get seats and it would be like empty and then that half hour mark before the game the stands would just pile in the huge crowd of yellow would come in fill up wherever you guys were located and and some exactly. people knew that was the thing to go to even during the week that was the thing you guys went to at night yeah it was, it was part of campus i was life. a freshman in 2012 and i remember i remember lining up at the door i would stand at the door whatever 4 5 45 whatever i was waiting for it to get in but you might take in the second row right behind the people who were doing it in the beginning in the front because like that's where you wanted to be because it was it was going to be a blast i didn't want to be i didn't even want to be like five rows back it's like oh i won't be up in like you know up giving me giving them hat hell and whatnot so i mean that's that's just the vibe that i hope that we can bring back in the next year or two because that'd be that'd be phenomenal like, that's what everyone wants when they go to a sporting event yeah no I, I remember getting there early was some of my favorite parts because then their their team's doing like layups and stuff and like you're already starting like get on them yeah. we did that we last year really people yeah they, well they were counting how many times they made it we started counting how, yeah. many, how many times, times they, they missed it, it. Oh, yeah, let yeah. me tell you they missed a few more than they made it but yeah. So I think we got to go head upstairs and. Yeah. All right, hey, thanks for stopping by. No problem, it's an honor. You guys are talking with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Keep yeah. it up. Anytime, right, man. You guys keep going, man. Yeah. Have a go, man. All right, man. We'll see, see you up there. See you up there. The, 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 these guys involved, I think they're headed by far in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds I think like our it. concern the last couple of years, uh, 2012, of course, is the kind of year, but after that, it's been, you know, at some point, you're gonna have your peaks and valleys, right? So you have your good seasons and you have your bad seasons. You have your bad seasons, it's gonna be a lot of attrition when it comes to fans. Unfortunately, that's just how it is. Earlier this year, I was talking to uh, a couple of Drexel, uh, I guess, students. That one of them was in co-op, and I was at a party, and I just randomly ran into these guys. And it was weird because you know, I'm six. I went to Drexel 16 years ago. These guys are going to Drexel right now, so. I was just mentioned the DAC pack and how you know I was involved with it, and they mentioned how Drexel basketball sucks because yeah. their experience, if you started here after 2012, is more or less that Drexel basketball they're not a they're not a competitor, right? Mm-hmm. We had the pleasure of having Bruiser Flynn as our coach and having some incredible seasons. Uh, we one of the first two years of the DAC pack, we went to the CAA final. Like, when you have stuff like that happen, those are little, like, hallmarks that end up creating opportunities to create giant fan bases, which these guys haven't had in the last four years. Yeah. Let me add to that real quick. Um, And we never, we've never been in the NCAA tournament. Think about that. (laughs) We never won the CAA. We never got in. And we were able to sustain 
uh, a movement. Like, of course, there were some peaks and valleys. We had some bad years. Imagine what would happen if we've had even an inkling of the success, like some VCU or you yeah. get to the tournament, what that's yeah. going to do to the fan base. Yeah, because um, I think what, what we had is, like, you guys, like you said, you made the tournament early on with Bruiser. Then we got snubbed no, we in never 07. we never made the tournament. Or, uh, sorry, championship game. Right. Uh, early on. Then got snubbed in 07, again in 12. So even though, like, that was that intermittent, not the ultimate success that we wanted of being in the tournament, there was still always people around on campus that had seen success. So even if, like, a freshman or sophomore is on campus and, like, there's a bad season or two, you have upperclassmen that are still saying, like, no, no, like, it's good. Like, it'll turn around again. Yeah. And we're kind of due for it to turn around again. That, that being said, though, like, when the DAC back initially got started and just dig us back there, the mentality was absolutely that Drexel basketball sucked. There's oh, yeah. no doubt about that. Uh, I remember at first when I was a freshman and going to games and I'd tell other people about I was going to games, they'd be like, why would you go to games? There's like nobody there. We always lose. And that mentality is, <laughs> part of it's also like, I guess, a Philly mentality where you're always the, you know, you're always the underdog, which is good when you start winning. But what was incredible to me, and these guys mentioned it a little bit before uh, our current DACPAC administration showed up. We were in 2003 at the CA tournament final, and we didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. It was literally like maybe twenty. What would you guys say? Like uh, one bus worth of people. Yeah, I that thought we only put one bus that day. I think day. that was technically and the first year the DAC pack. Yeah, when the year before it was, it was a bunch of guys in street clothes. Yeah, that uh, was the first year of the DAC that pack. we were officially recognized as DAC pack. We had a DAC pack shirt. I think it was the big D and the big U, uh, and we lost our. We literally all lost our voices. Because we, the, every game we uh, we ended up uh, beating was it ODU first, then we beat VCU, and then in the finals we lost to UNCW. And to this mon- to this day, and that experience, it, there's something to be said of it. Because to this day, I, I can I, I can remember it exactly vividly. what happened as soon as we lost. And I, I'm not yeah. going to mention what happened, but uh, it was uh, I'll be say I'll mention that in a future episode, but it was it's not something things like that just help you build it up. Like when I went back, I told everybody I knew we went to the CA finals. You were on ESPN. Do you guys watch this? You know things like that just give you the opportunity to ask uh, to get more fans because mm-hmm. when people I had I, I lived in Myers. These guys lived in Towers. Everybody around me in town, uh, Myers never been to the games until the second or third year because they'd eventually see that, holy shit, Drexel's actually not that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where if you don't stick with it, you're not going to realize it's, yeah. that, that our team is And Brew had just gotten there in my freshman year as well. Mm-hmm. I think there's some things where the university also kind of gets in its own way with trying to um, in inhibiting success for the DAC pack and other organizations in general. But like I remember... One of the things that worked my freshman year when Rob Falcone and Tino were coming out and they were basically like having people going around in the dorms, knocking on doors, getting people to come out to the game, passing out tickets. And then the university said that, oh, sorry, you can't do that. Meanwhile, frats were allowed to do like different types of recruiting that yeah. other organizations can't. What was your freshman year? What year? My freshman year was 0607, the snub You know year. what's really, we graduated in 05. We are friends because of that. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't. We wouldn't even overlap. I lived with Nick because we were two different generations of basketball. We didn't fans. even overlap. We didn't even go to so school at the same time. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Why else would we be hanging out with Marshall? No, <laughs> I don't bring anything else to this. <laughs> Why else would we be making butter pasta in my apartment for two years? <laughs> that being said, uh, 
So the, the DAC pack, uh, I remember when we initially started, it was, uh, uh, we, we had a choice on what we needed to do as far as naming this uh, gang of eight that used, uh, gang of, not eight, sorry, gang of 20. Gang of eight's a more political thing, of course. <laughs> <laughs> gang of 20 that used to show up to these games. And, of course, there was people that never joined the DAC pack. Uh, I remember a few of those guys, uh, like the heckler, who was uh, he refused. legendary. Yeah, well, he, I think he wanted to, to stay with his heckling. Yeah, no, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. And sit in the way, one area. Do we, if, if, uh, let's uh, let's just give a quick overview on what the heckler is. Bill, you're on point. Who was who is the heckler? Who are we referring to? The heckler in, in the in the mythos or the ethos of uh, Drexel basketball. Who I think is his that? actual name was Aaron, but I actually only no, know no, him no, as the heckler. No, no, do not refer to him by his actual <laughs> name. He would basically just sit on the opposite side of most of the deck back and just. Rip into players. This was when Dak Pack was on the sideline. Yeah, when the Dak Pack was kind of where we sit now, mm-hmm. um, across from the uh, uh, opponent's Visitor's bench. bench yeah. um, he would kind of be sitting over near the middle, I think, sort of behind the. Uh, he would try to behind get the bench. behind. Uh, I think he's bench. one of the reasons why teams now come to the middle of the court timeouts. <laughs> he would just rip into everyone over there, and he would for the entire game. He'd just be yelling things and heckling people for. And, and, Pretty uh, much the whole game. He had a talent, right? He like, was very good at it. It was funny. He would pick. He would pick on like a couple people mm-hmm. and do it the whole entire game. And he'd have done his homework. He would show up. He would know like what town they were from. Like he would have the entire backstory of these plays, and he'd just pick on them the entire game till he got in there. Till uh, he got in their heads. And this is like old school. This is like OG, OG Dakpack. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, we claimed him as one of our own, but he was probably uh, for the Dakpack. Like he would be at every game. I remember for every year, and he was an engineering major, he, for every year he attended uh, Drexel, he was there with the DACPAC every year. Uh, but, again, the DACPAC wasn't called DACPAC. We had two choices from what I remember, right? Yeah, so I remember it was Roland, Wachulis, myself, and you guys. We were brainstorming names of this organization that we wanted to start to come to the games. And this is when Bruiser first took over, so we were trying to come up with catchy names. Someone came up with Dak Pack, and someone else came up with Bruce Crew. And I remember, I think Bruce Crew was initially a little bit more catchy um, at the time. But it was it was really close. We almost went with that. The only reason we didn't is because in case we get a new coach, um, which that's I'm, good uh, foresight. Sixteen years later, yeah, <laughs> it's planning ahead. So, um, well, we could have become Spikers something. Yeah. But I, I think, um, ah, there you go. <laughs> and another concern about the DAC pack name was at the time there was plans to move to the armory yeah, as a point. gym, and that was what the other side of the, the Bruce Crew point was like. Well, we're going to move to the armory. What are we going to call ourselves? The armory pack, or uh, we have to come up with a new name then. So it was actually it was very close. We almost went with Bruce Crew because um, there was points on both sides. Um, but turns out when the armory plans fell through, we never did that. We stayed at the DAC, renovated the DAC. Sounds like we're at the DAC for good. Wasn't um, there also like a political action committee, like democracy against communism or something? <laughs> <laughs> if that was the case, it would have just motivated us. <laughs> Why is the student section involved in politics? I mean, I just remember... It's not even about like trying to get people to come. Oh, you should go. Blah blah. blah. I liked going because it was fun. Mm-hmm. I went because it was fun. I had a good time. I enjoyed it. I like sports. I love how 
you're right on top of the court here, how you can get to know the administration here. We're not a huge school. Like Joe was just saying, like Spiker and other folks in the administration, even before Spiker, like Sean Joyce and other folks, reach out and make you feel a part of it. It's a community, um, and it's we got great players. We have a good team. It's fun. I don't understand why people wouldn't can't even recognize that. I think that sort of the current Dakpat guys are on the right track of trying to make it an event. I mean, I think that's the most important thing. Like, our gym's small enough where even if you stink, we could be completely have that gym full like, yeah. all the time. I mean, it's, there's only, I don't know, 3,000 seats in there, less yeah. than 3,000 seats with our student body. If you make it so it's fun to come to the games and you can make it an event like they're talking about, you should be able to fill that place even when the team's not very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like VCU, I think, heard had like 83 straight home games sold out or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, that was probably a few games ago. So, I mean, Final Fours will do that. Final Four will help you do that, but it's also, you know, they're and the also only game in Richmond. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, but he had a few, like after our uh, run to the CA final, he had a good few years where we. Uh, the first run to the final? The first run to the final, yes. Uh, the 2003 UNCW final. After that, we had a good few years where we were all right. We were mediocre, but those were be- in our when we were in DACPAC, those were some of our best years, and it literally was as a result of us having an event almost every game. It helped that we lived right by the DAC. Uh, the DACPAC socials? Yeah, the DACPAC socials we had. Chips, soda, snapples. Yes. Yes, various people love snapple beverages. I, it, yeah, it baffled pegs of various beverages. <laughs> yes, but the fact remains that if you have events consistently enough, where it's almost like a recurring thing, right? People know before X, before X uh, game, I can go to this place to get at least a free meal, right? And when you're in freshman or sophomore or a junior in college, I remember if I, every opportunity I had a free meal, I'd be there, and. I remember the the stream of people that would walk literally from our house, even to the Penn game, to the Battle of uh, 33rd Street. Oh, yeah. Street, the Penn right? game was big. Like, we would literally walk down. We were on 34th Street. We lived on Arch and 34th. And we literally just walk down this group of people, and everybody, all it takes I feel is like that a consistent a event. Consistent I, event. I feel like that wasn't a rivalry before the Dak Pack. Even though we played them, they were right there. When the Dak Pack came aboard, that became a rivalry. Mm-hmm. We started to hate... Pen. We want oh, to yeah. beat Penn. I want to go to that. They never play us yeah. at the DAC. They refused to walk up 33rd Street class. So we would go down there with a chip on our shoulder. F this palestra. We want to come in here and just win, you know. Yeah. And then they'd smoke us for the first couple of years, even though I thought we had a better team, and that was really deflating. Yeah. And then we, when we, we beat them. I just remember just going crazy in that hallway of that palestra because yes. everything echoes. Mm-hmm. And I felt like we took it over. And that, yeah. One of the best times is is actually going on the road and winning. Yeah. And then just... And flipping an arena to turn it into your home arena. Yeah. Yeah. That is so fun. Because we were forced to play there as our home arena for the longest time. Yeah. We, they wouldn't come over. Yeah, we it was, would still it was a whole end up drama with not home team seats. Like yeah. we would still be stuck on the benches, like yep. further away. And there's been the Palestra of- ticket lady. That's yeah. on. That was on the old deck pack site. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my ticket says this. Oh no, you're up here. Yeah. And, no. It, and I, you know, I think uh, my intention was to cover a lot of the other stuff, but I would at least like to cover our favorite Drexel basketball game. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned the Penn game, and I'll start it off. Is 
one of the pen games is my Drexel. I guess my favorite Drexel memory. One of my favorite Drexel memories. Of course, I have a few. I don't want to. But I remember and it was the 2008-2009 season. Uh, this was the first time Penn agreed to come to the deck oh, yeah. to play a home game where it actually belongs at home for Drexel at the deck. And before the DAC was renovated. Before the DAC was renovated. This is old school DAC, you know. You was it because it was on ESPN? It, that yeah. absolutely was the reason we had for them to come over. We had that offer, and basically, like, the Drexel administration, like, held firm in that the only way we're playing this game is if it's at the DAC. Exactly. I love it. And we refused to move it. It was a 10 a.m. game. <laughs> yeah. Rough e- for some of us. Rough for some of us on ESPN. I was still a student. You were a student, fortunate for you. I just started a new job in North Jersey. And <laughs> I think I just, you had a good boss. I think I had a good boss. I don't know where he is now. But uh, I remember distinctly uh, coming down for the game the day before, getting uh, enjoying Philadelphia for the city that it is, sleeping in my car in a parking lot, in the parking lot of Pico. Perfect. Because, Classic uh, Philly. The, the, uh, and then waking up at around 6 or 7 a.m. to go to Mike, what was what was then Mikey's, now it's Wahoo's or whatever. Did I sleep in the car too that night? Did uh, we both sleep in the car? I think everybody slept in the car. <laughs> this, this is where the podcast gets weird. <laughs> <laughs> I think we wanted to book a hotel at the Sheraton, but then when we realized it was going to be more than 100 bucks, we got really upset. <laughs> but we all passed out in the car, and at 6 or 7 a.m. we woke up and we decided to walk to Mikey's because clearly we didn't drink enough the night before. So we started yeah. drinking again at 6 before the game uh, at eight uh, at 10. And uh, there was a couple of reasons this is my favorite game. One of the reasons is we'd just beaten Penn for the first time the year before at their place. And it was like uh, a turning of the tide where Drexel was and where Penn was. Because we kept losing to them even when we had better teams under Dun- and they had Dunphy. They had the new coach. One in Dunphy? Yeah, one in Dunphy. <laughs> and the other reason was the fact that we were on ESPN, absolutely, and we, I knew the DAC back was going to show in full force that game. Uh, and I think they moved the DAC back that game just so they'd be on TV more. That year, we t- we tried having the DAC pack on the sideline behind the benches, mm-hmm. and it overflowed behind the basket, too, yep. whereas before we had only been on the opposite sideline across from the bench. So. Yep, and that, that was the original historical section that, of the DAC pack, where we still reside. Yeah. Uh, and I remember going to that game, and we didn't have the best team. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna deny that we had. It was the years of uh, Tremaine Hawthorne, Gerald Coles, yeah. Scott Rogers. Um, but I think Bill was saying Scott Rogers was first team All CAA. That year. <laughs> I didn't say that at all. <laughs> that being said, I just remember us them playing us the first time. They were making fun of our uh, gym the entire time. The, it's a high school gym chants that were going on. Yeah, and. It was almost like that. That was the year for me where right? I was. Con- I felt confident that the tide had turned. We beaten them the year before at the Palestra, but this year they came over for the first time, and we and we beat them. Yeah, that and was pretty. That was a pretty cool game. They they refused to come over for a few more years after that. <laughs> it became a big. Uh, I guess well, they went a on a downhill slope. And they went on a downhill slope, but they still refused to come to the freaking DAC for a Yeah, game. and then they stopped playing us for a little bit. Yeah, when a lot they, of that when was they fully on, come over, we, on their we, we former athletic the director, Bilski. He was a yeah. douche and a half. <laughs> and 
now we have a much better relationship with Panda Bear. We play at the Palazzo, they come over for our home games. But to me, that game will always yeah. hold a special place. We're watching 10 a.m. Drexel basketball against Penn at, uh, at the DAC, where I was back uh, at the, my usual seat of the old school Dak spot and getting a W. I remember we were trash talking pretty hard that game. Yes, <laughs> and oh, like you, I like you, I like your phrasing of OG Dak back didn't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it's a good thing that they've uh, matured over the years. No, absolutely, nobody wants to be immature. <laughs> um, so can I go? Yeah, I've sorry, got a number. I've got a number of different games. Well, um, you only really get to pick it's one. Called That's one. A, <laughs> pick a favorite. If I, I if there was a number of games, I could have mentioned. All right, so for um, for me, I'll never forget this game. Uh, I'm thinking that it might be the same as Bill's, so you're gonna have to come up with another one. Uh, 2003 CAA tournament semifinals. Um, Drexel versus VCU in Richmond, Virginia. We were the three seed. Uh, second year, first year of the DAC pack. Um, it's about we were telling the stories about with uh, Joe um, uh, that about how we lost our voices it was that same year, and um, we're playing VCU in Richmond. They have a strong, strong fan section. We have about 25 solid DAC pack people just yelling and screaming. It's a very, very close game. Um, I remember uh, that we were down at the half and we were so nervous. And I remember we weren't playing well in the first half, and I told Leon, I'm going to go drop a deuce in the bathroom of the Richmond Coliseum. This is great moments in Drexel history right here, folks. <laughs> to, and, um, to change the tide. I don't know why I thought that was going to help. But um, You always think that your gastrointestinal movements have great impacts to society. Well, we've all great. lived with I, Nick, right? We know this isn't the case. Everyone here? Nothing good ever comes from it. <laughs> well, that year, we came back, came out of the half, and I remember Battles just started heating up. Um, and we came back into the game. Robert Battles, our star player that year, um, and it got that came down to the wire. Um, I think it was like a tie game, and then uh, VCU, maybe we were up one, and then VCU got an and one, um, and then they went up one, and there was about 30 seconds left. Um, the whole gym is going crazy. Um, Schmieder dribbles the ball down. We get it to Danny Hines, Bill's favorite player. All time. Um, and it was just very methodical. Uh, we get it Schmieder, we get it to Hines, we get it in the battle, and he just went to work. He uh, Three dribbles, went up, banked it up off and in. We went up, we're going crazy. They call timeout. We're up one. Um, they come out of the timeout. Uh, it's about six seconds left. So still plenty of time. They throw a... Baseball pass, the center court, battle comes out of nowhere, hits the ball off the VCU guy, goes out of bounds, Drexel ball. We get the ball back. Uh, I don't remember who iced the game, the free throws. We get a couple free throws, ice the game. And we're going crazy. VCU is stunned. This is in, you know, they got more fans than us. And I remember we went right over where the players walk out, and battle was just like, walk, like everyone's going crazy. Heinz, Schmieder, Phil Goss, everyone's just going crazy, like we won, we're slapping their hands. The battle was just like walking off like like he just had another day at the office. And I remember I was like, oh man, this guy is the man. And uh, he came out in the championship and played his played uh, played his heart out. We we came up short unfortunately, but um, that was my favorite Drexel moment of all time. I and mean, that was it's a lot of them, but that one, that game was awesome. No, that, that I that was again the first official year of the DAC pack. Uh, and uh, 
Robert Battle's consistent performance in his senior year. In big games, in too. In big games. He was a big game player. He show up and do it almost matter-of-factly. I think it was something that almost... If, 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 if Robert Battle wasn't the player in that senior year and if he didn't make that run, I don't know where the Dak pack would be, honestly. Uh, I think a lot... And Dak, he's always been... He's always been a very active participant even when we reach out to him uh, since we graduated, right? Uh, I feel like... Uh, yeah, from my website at one point when I was running the Recruit Recon still, he uh, he did some player blogs for us. And, uh, and actually, he gave us he even gave us some Argentina jerseys from uh, when he was playing professionally. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is really, really nice, cool. which I still wear to this day. <laughs> I think we all have our jerseys from this day, but Battle was... Uh, Battle realized at that early stage the importance of uh, creating a group like the Dag Pack and how important fans are, a group of fans that are actively engaged in every game is to, uh, you know, turning the tide in some critical games. And we were, and Battle will always remain an extremely special player uh, throughout the Dag Pack history. I think he's the first uh, true, probably, the first best director. The star player with with the Dag Pack. Absolutely. He actually, I remember back when we were all sitting in that room, like, devising the DAC pack at that point, kind of formally uh, making it happen. I think Battle came in, along with Bruiser, and uh, I think there was another player that I can't recall who it was, and they just stopped in and, like, yeah, you know, you so know, they appreciated what we were doing. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned Spiker's been great, and he has been. Bruiser was also very, very great with supporting students. I mean, but, you know, we got those, we got to recognize that the, the banquets, yeah. got jerseys. Yeah. You know, he, Bruiser was great. The players were all, historically everyone in the administration, every coach has been great. I want this isn't my favorite game memory, but this is one thing I really like that Bruiser did. We were down at um, I think it was was at George Mason, and we were uh, there's a group of us, and we were just really heckling the players. And at one point, the security guard came up to us and, and came over and said, you know, listen guys, you guys gotta you guys gotta stop talking trash to players and Bruiser turned around to the security guard who we were, we were right behind and he just said listen if you're going to tell them to stop heckling you better tell all these fans to stop talking to me <laughs> so just leave them alone and oh, that, that security guard just wandered back off on his way <laughs> and we continued to heckle I mean that was like that was, was great. very no, you know, supportive of us there I, I know typically when we talk about uh, Drexel basketball and the new era that we're expecting of this fight where we have uh, mixed memories or not exactly the most pleasant memories under Bruiser, but a lot of that, a lot of the reason the Dak Pack even exists in the beginning is because of the Bruiser rap. Oh, my, my criticism of Bruiser is never personal. It's Forget purely on. It's not even about his performance. You know, Let, he, fact remains that without Bruiser, the Dak Pack, without the Bruiser rap, the Dak Pack wouldn't exist. Agreed. Our Bruiser initial name, like you mentioned before, yeah. was going to be the Bruce Crew. Like, this is. Initially, how much we thought when Bruiser first came to Drexel, he was going to elevate us. And I'll, I'll be honest, uh, at least two of those years, we should have made it. Right. And he'd still be it's here. Not his, yeah, he'd still be here. We did. Yeah. Um, without, without, without that, going back to that uh, VCU game for a second, without games like that, I don't think it would have been possible for the back back. But totally agree. We, we so, had a lot of uh, big wins under... Uh, under Bruiser, which brings me to kind of my favorite, which is the uh, Syracuse game. Um, it's 2006, and one of our better teams drove all the way up to Syracuse. It was snowing. 
Um, it was snowing in Syracuse? It was weirdly <laughs> snowing in Syracuse in December. I'm still kicking myself for not going to this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, was I think there. I was listening to it at your place. We got killed by Syracuse the year before. Yeah. I was and we went up. Yeah, we went up for that. I was listening to Dan Baker on an AM radio station broadcast. I think that's what it was. No, that's exactly what the game used to be. I remember watching a feed, I thought. Really? Really? No. Or maybe it was highlights I watched. I watched highlights highlights for like. Because I remember listening to this game at your place. Okay. All right, let's let Bill continue. Yeah, I mean, uh, I went up there. Uh, There wasn't a lot of Drexel fans there. There was maybe my section, there might have been 10. Uh, There might have been a few sprinkled out throughout throughout the section, but. I remember going in. I think we were down at halftime. Frank Eligar had a monster game. He looked like the best player in the court up there. Um, Dominic Mejia Jazz played really well. Chaz played well. His defense, like we had, we had a good team that year. I mean, uh, Bashir Mason played well too, and we had really going. And I just remember, like, once we won that game, like the like elation that hit me it was like it was just, it was crazy. I couldn't even like believe that we had just went up and beat Syracuse. So I believe it was ranked at the time. Yeah, and yeah. like everyone is silent except for the 10, 15 people in the crowd <laughs> who are going insane. I mean, just losing their shit. This wasn't long after Syracuse had Mello too. So, I mean, Syracuse no. was a big deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we went up there and beat them. And I still remember like they were ranked twenty three. Ranked twenty three. Yeah. I mean, going up there. I remember after the game, I'm walking around. The snow's coming down. And I'm just like incredibly happy at that point. And I also remember listening to the AM to the <laughs> to the AM radio station for Syracuse. Just listening to them whine <laughs> incessantly about losing to Drexel, like they couldn't believe it, and I was just lapping and, it up. And the funny thing is, like if I if we had the top five Dak Pack regrets moments, this would be one where I didn't actually make it up to the Dak Pack regrets. Uh, but this is the year we lost the pen. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. smoked. We lost the rider. Oh well, we already talked about the rider house of horrors. Yeah, and we we and the game before the Syracuse game, we beat a very confident. Nova. Mm-hmm. I remember specifically. The only reason I remember this is uh, I think we played. That's uh, the last time we played Villanova. No, we played them. We a played year them after later, that, or yeah. two years later. But in the for oh, at the Pavilion. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember this is Nova game specifically because it was right around like early December. It was like Christmas time, and they had this little little article posted on their version of the Triangle. I guess their newspaper where they wrote a little poem about. How they were, it was like just reeking of confidence. And I'm going to try to Syracuse find Syracuse did or Nova did? No, Nova did about how they were going to beat us and how Drexel was coming to their house and they're just going to destroy Drexel. And uh, we beat them and then we went to the game that Bill just talked about and won that. And that was, that was a great year. That was, we should have made it. That was a cool year. We surely should have. I'm looking at that yeah. schedule there with all those W's on the road. That was the year where, other than Penn, we beat pretty much every other Philly school we played. Yeah. yeah. I think I wanted to storm the court when we beat St. Joe's and nobody else wanted to. I remember you wanting to storm the court. And you guys were like, no, we're too good for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so that was a cool game. Marshall, let's hear yours. Uh, so I'm going to go with actually the women's side. Nice. Picked the CAA championship that they actually won. The only basketball championship any of us have seen in the CAA. Um, There's a good chance, knock on wood, that they win it again this year. Um, But it was cool because I think at the time we had had like a couple bad seasons of men's basketball. We had the 0607 team and then 0708 and 0809 weren't as good. Um, But at the same time, the, the women's team was doing really well. Gabby Marginian was absolutely tearing it up. Um, she was in the running. I think she was in the running for Player of the Year that year in the country, not just in the conference. Um, 
she uh, so we were down in Williamsburg there were a handful of us that got there no you were at that too right you at that yeah, I was there yeah. it's actually kind of funny I I just got an iPhone and the first picture on my camera is Marshall <laughs> I went to like take a picture of the game yeah. uh, like <laughs> of the score of the game and Marshall just like runs by <laughs> so, like, the first picture is like Marshall in a blur like on my iPhone I'm usually in a game. blur in people's photos yeah. um, no but we uh we had a handful of people down there for the early games, so uh, we drove down in my old Ford Focus, and that season we had gotten to know like the women team really well. Like they were fun to party with, and and obviously they were playing great. And I had gotten in a habit of body painting uh, like Brooke Cornish's number, and her parents gave me like a blonde wig, uh, <laughs> and a couple other guys would body paint as the team. So it was a really good like, even though obviously women's basketball just tends to draw less than the men's. The core group uh, really enjoyed it, but then so we we dismantle uh, ODU, who had won the women's side for every season the past however long. So that was a big feat. Uh, and then we played JMU, and similar to like when we had to play VCU at, in Richmond in the championship game, we were playing JMU in the championship game in their own arena. Uh, I think that was for the championship game, and uh, yeah, it was. And so. Uh, after we had won the semifinal game, and it's like, all right, we're in the championship game. How can we get more students down? A lot of us were out of the bar afterward, and Hazem, of all people, uh, for people who don't know, Hazem is a uh, professor here at Drexel who's a huge basketball fan. Yeah. Arguably the only reason I passed my stat class in college was because Hazem's a huge basketball fan. Um, but we... Uh, we were talking with him, and he donated a lot of money to get buses together. So uh, me and Bill Tor were already down there. We were coordinating with people uh, back in Philly, I think Rob and a couple other people on campus, to get uh, at least one bus. I think it may have been more, but at least one bus full of students to come down to Harrisonburg, Virginia on a Sunday morning uh, to come see the championship game. And then... Uh, we were we were winning and like right as we're about to win and like we all, we're all accustomed to Drexel like not getting the job done at the end of the day and we're like oh come on like please let this be different and the security guard like comes over to us with a couple minutes left they're like guys if you win like this is how you storm the court and I was like no you're gonna jinx us <laughs> and um, we we hold on and storm the court and Bill talking about his iPhone my phone experience with that I had had. I had just bought a phone. It wasn't an iPhone. It was like a normal flip phone. Fell out of my pocket along with my keys and like whatever else while we're storming the court. Cell phone gets trampled and it oh, broke. No. And then I ended up buying an iPhone as a result. Uh, so that was, I guess, a benefit. But yeah, it was, it was great to have that come together for that game wow. for women's basketball, which doesn't get the respect it deserves in, in general and at Drexel specifically. Um, and then to enjoy that with like a bunch of students and almost as if it was a men's type of turnout. It really was, was great. awesome being in that game too, just to see the championship being won. I mean, it would be a different scale if it was the men, but mm-hmm. it was even cool that it wasn't that big of a scale because like we went on the court, they're passing around the trophy so we can like yeah. take pictures with it. <laughs> I have a piece of the net. Yeah, we got pieces of the net. They huh. cut net and they were giving it to the that's fans who cool. came down the game. Like yeah. it was, it's really awesome what they did there. And that's I think one of the real benefits of like following a small school like like Drexel mm-hmm. as far as fan base wise is, you know, they always treat us really well. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're connected. Like we went yeah. to North Carolina. You know, you're just another people in stands oh, here. Yeah. Unless you can donate lots of money. Oh yeah, unless you donate a ton of money. Yeah. Like they actually involve you like you're taking pictures yeah. with the players you're on the court you're you know you're right there with everybody yeah 
yeah, through the good seasons and bad seasons, whatever sport it is, Drexel, like, the people that run the athletics program here, like from Sean to Jill, and there's too many names to even mention, but I'll call those two out specifically. They, they've been great to us, especially like even when we've been idiots, like they mm-hmm. treat us uh, tremendously um, and go above and beyond. So that, I mean, at the end of the day, that's one of the great things about Drexel basketball. Right. Uh, we got Preston here. You want to? Preston, uh, Preston joined us joined uh, late. Us. I don't mean to put you on the spot there. No Preston, member of the OG. OG oh, yeah. Is that a favorite uh, Drexel basketball game? Uh, preferably the regular season that you can remember. That uh, regular season game. I remember. I think it was the 04 season. It was uh, Sean Brooks coming out party. Sean Brooks. Sean Brooks. He was the second big. He was the second big Dak Pack era Drexel yeah. player. I mean, I the guy was like, he was, he was short, kind of stumpy, but he had like shoulders and sides. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Stumpy? I don't know if I would say. I don't know. He was built jacked. like a. He was built like a stocky. linebacker. He was built like a jack. He was jack. Would you say stocky? Yes. There's a picture of me standing next to him. I look like like a small child. You should have put your Halloween. You look like a smart child. I would have helped. So I remember that it was it was one of the, it was one of our home games that I think it was either Townsend. I think it was Townsend. Yeah, it was, our, it was our Towson game, and he kept doing essentially the same move where he would just lean his shoulder into you. It'd be no more than three feet under the basket, and he just give you the most perfect baby hook that was soft, that was like a, <laughs> a baby pillow. And no matter what anybody who's guarding could do, they could just never stop it. I remember that all the time. The fans would always go crazy. We just uh, us, you know, being at the games, we're just kind of yelling, just give it to Brooks. Nobody's gonna stop him. Uh, for a regular season game, I remember that definitively. Uh, did, didn't he dunk over that one? He was he was he doing the baby hook, and then he just jammed on him. He did do the ball dunk, dunk occasionally. He would yeah. do the uh, other than just the baby hook. He did also have a. He had an guy uncanny by. ability to go from wherever he was on the basketball court to right underneath the basket in two bumps. Two bumps. It was a bump. <laughs> he would literally do one bump and he'd send that player flying. And he yeah. did it in a way it didn't, he, like, if you flop, it still didn't look like an offensive foul because he was so short. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's 6'4". Yeah, he's right? 6'4". No, he was 6'4", like 250 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Remember, he had, like, huge shoulders. Like, yeah. It was ridiculous. And he would do the two bumps and he'd be underneath the basket all of a sudden and there was no way you were going to block his shot. And it... And Sean Brooks, uh, before that year, like his his progression, like that was when our Drexel big men would progress like incredibly. Every year would right? someone, year, yeah, someone else would step up. up. Be like, holy shit, battle, holy shit, Sean Brooks, Brooks. holy shit, Elagar, Crawford, right. Right. You know, It was like, it was an amazing way of progression. But that, that that's, that's that's a great cool, game. Yeah. I, I remember that. Uh, did anybody talk about actual championship run? Championship run. I was going to save that. I want to do like a special episode prior to the CAA tournament. Uh, I was supposed to do a regular season game. It's okay. Yeah, you completely screwed it up. I'll go with St. Joe's. And a, I want to I have, I've never, it's not like I ever mentioned it before. <laughs> Actually, I stormed by myself, I think. And then the security like stopped me. Hey, you guys it's not really a court me. storming and if you just do it by yourself. It's more of just one lunatic running out <laughs> like, the court. It, it looks like he's a streak. Yeah. He's got all his clothes on. <laughs> What's wrong with him? He's a streaker that forgot what he's doing. <laughs> Well, uh, so uh, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta go to the game, yeah, right? Are you gonna yeah. do your sign off, so, Nick? Twenty minutes. Zip it up. Zip it out. I've never used any of his sign offs. So <laughs> first one. Thank you again to Joe and Nick for being on the episode, and Sean for helping put this episode together, and to you for listening to another episode of Dragons Cast with the background noise and all. Go Dragons! Zip it up. Zip it out.